Good morning. That was pretty good. It is great to be with you this morning. Uh, many of you have probably already noticed all around the auditorium are our theme wristbands for the year. They're in a big variety of colors. You should be able to find at least one that would match whatever outfit that you're wearing today. So please help yourself to those. Also, I want to let you know that there are some smaller ones at the very back by where the children's bulletins are. Um, if you have particularly small wrists or if you're a child, you might find one back there that would fit you better than these that are along the edge. And so we'd encourage you to take those, not just take them, but also wear them just as a constant reminder about our theme for the year. I'm wearing the last five years. Um, if we keep doing this for another 10 years, I'll have to switch over to the other one. Someone offered to like put it around my neck so I'd have more room, but I thought that might be a little painful, so maybe we won't do that. But please help yourself to those, wear them, and be reminded of our theme No one left behind. So we are a couple of weeks into a series of sermons that is introducing five areas that we're going to be focusing on throughout this year. We'll be focusing on these areas as we seek to be a church that's out of the boat, on a mission, with no one left behind. And as we are introducing these areas of focus, we're asking a central question. And that question is, who's your one? So last week we asked, who's your one to invite? Who's the one friend, maybe family member, neighbor, coworker? Who's the one that you're going to invite this year to come join us as we worship God together? Who's your one to invite so they won't be left behind? This week we'll be asking, who's your one to love and support and encourage? Who's the one brother or sister in Christ here at Netherwood Park that you're going to make a special effort this year to encourage so they won't be left behind? Next week, we'll be asking, who's the one child here at Netherwood that you're going to lift up with the love of Christ so they won't be left behind? Following that, we'll be asking the question, who's the one brother or sister who by looking around you know has drifted away and that you're going to do your part to help bring them back so they won't be left behind. And then finally we'll be asking a fifth question. That question is who's the one international student that's already connected with the Christian Student Center at UNM that you're going to help welcome through our front door so they won't be left behind? We're fortunate this morning to have some of the Amers with us that are working at the Christian Student Center. Welcome. Thank you guys for being with us. Um, This is good timing because this week we'll be providing lunch for the students at the Christian Student Center. And I would really encourage you, if you want to see what that's about, if you want to meet some students, if you want to be a part of that, this would be a good first step is just come and join us on lunch on Thursday. I know Stan will be there. I know Jennifer will be there. I'm planning on being there. And if some others would come, that would be wonderful to come join us in lunch over at the Christian Student Center. So as you can see, we're asking the question, who's your one? And I want you to know and also to remind you why we're asking who's your one. Instead of asking who's your dozen or who's your 100 or who's your 1,000, we're asking who's your one. See, the reason why we're encouraging everybody to focus on just one 
is because God's mission to bless the world through Jesus Christ is best accomplished by his servants working one-on-one and one-to-one. And think about it. If each of us is willing to invite just one and encourage one and lift up one and help bring back one and welcome in one, I want you to know this is going to be one exciting church. It's going to be one exciting year. It only takes one. So last week, we talked about reaching out, reaching out to your one to invite. And now we're going to shift our focus to looking inward, to reaching in to your one that you're going to support. You'll notice that the title of the sermon is All for One, One for All. It's a motto that's most often associated with the Alexandre Dumas novel, The Three Musketeers. Interestingly enough, it's a novel called Three Musketeers, but it's really about four musketeers. But in that novel, the four musketeers pledge their undying loyalty to each other. They not only pledge their loyalty to each other, they also live out their loyalty. They live out their motto. All for one, one for all. Through thick and thin, through ups and downs, they pledge their undying loyalty. They watch out for each other. They make sure that no one is left behind. It's all for one and one for all. Which it occurs to me is exactly what life in the church should be like. All for one, one for all. All of the church watching out for the good of each individual member and each individual member looking out for the good of the church. So no one is left behind. To help illustrate what we're going to be talking about this morning, I'm going to share with you a true story. It's a story that involves me and Curtis and my dad. A few years ago, my dad was fortunate enough to draw a license to hunt cow elk with a muzzleloader. Now, that may not sound all that exceptional to you. I mean, after all, hundreds of people every year in New Mexico draw a license to hunt elk. It's a fairly common occurrence. And my dad had hunted elk in previous years. He had done so successfully and sometimes unsuccessfully, but he had done it before. But what made this hunt exceptional was that my dad was now in his 80s, and he had recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So what used to be routine for my dad was no longer routine. So once we found out that my dad drew a license, we picked an area that was easier to hunt than many others. There's no such thing as an easy elk hunt, but this was easier than others. And when opening morning came, we were up early, we were up before dawn, we ate some breakfast, we got good and bundled up, and we stepped out into a cold, cloudless morning. We walked down a ranch road, we crossed a fence, and as that was happening, the first streaks of daylight were appearing in the eastern sky. And once it got light enough to really be able to see, I hurried up a hill, and I had my binoculars with me, and I started searching for a group of elk that was often in the canyon bottom at first light. And it wasn't long before I was scrambling back down that hill with good news and with bad news. The good news was I had spotted the herd of elk. 
The bad news was the only way to get within shooting distance would require us going up and over a mountain. So I relayed the good news first, and then I relayed the bad news, and I asked my dad, are you up to giving it a try? And of course my dad said yes, because my dad's a tough guy. So Curtis grabbed my dad's gun and his pack. My dad started up the hill with his walking sticks, and I got behind my dad. I grabbed a big handful of his jacket, and I pushed him all the way to the top of the mountain. And we got there together. It was all for one, one for all, no one left behind. Now listen to me carefully. This isn't a hero story. Curtis and I didn't do anything heroic. We just did what we could to get someone we love to the top of the mountain. Just like my dad had done for me and just like Curtis's dad had done for him over the years that helped us up many mountains, physical mountains, emotional mountains, spiritual mountains, financial mountains. It had always been all for one and one for all, no one left behind. That's what fathers do. And that's what sons do, and that's what brothers and sisters do, and that's what good friends who love each other do. And that's what the church does. It's all for one, one for all, no one left behind. We help each other up life's mountains. That's why we encourage, that's why we love, that's why we support each other. That's why sometimes it's necessary for us to carry each other's load. That's why sometimes we have to grab a big handful of jacket and push each other to the top of the mountain. That's why following Christ isn't a solitary pursuit. That's why God has given us each other, given us the church. It's because we need each other. I need you. And you need me and we need each other. Because without each other, we aren't all going to make it to the top of the mountain. It has to be one for all, all for one, no one left behind. Because life's a struggle, isn't it? Life's a struggle. Let me tell you what's going on in this church right now. You need to know that there are brothers and sisters among us who are right now burdened beyond what they can carry alone. Some are dealing with profound health issues of their own. Others are weighed down with the unrelenting responsibility of being the caregiver for a loved one who is ill. Others of us are in fragile financial situations and we're dreading what the future might bring. And then there are others of us that are living out the nightmare of dysfunctional relationships, relationships that threaten to just implode at any time. And those are just some of the stories that are being lived out among us right now. Some of the situations that leave our brothers and sisters so burdened that there's no way they can climb the mountain on their own. 
which makes them vulnerable, in danger of being left behind. Which is why Paul reminds us to carry each other's burdens and by so doing, we fulfill the law of Christ. That's what we do. We carry, we pick up the pack and we start up the hill because we love, because we love God and because we love each other. Because it's all for one, one for all, no one left behind. Let me tell you about something else that's going on in this church right now. There are brothers and sisters living among us who have just been torn down. It hasn't been like one big blow, but it's been a series of seemingly smaller things. Some of them have been on the receiving end of a life of just unkind words and insults. Others have been repeatedly been betrayed by the ones who should be protecting them. It's not one big blow, but it's like a thousand little cuts that tear them down and it makes it impossible for them to climb a mountain alone. So they too are vulnerable and in danger of being left behind. And the only way that they can make it up the mountain is by being built back up. By being on the receiving end of kind words and compliments. By having faithful and loyal and loving and encouraging people in their lives. The only way they can make it is by having brothers and sisters that are devoted to building them back up. It's all for one, one for all, no one left behind. Here's something else that's going on in this church right now. There are brothers and sisters among us who are being overpowered by Satan. Being overpowered by Satan and they've become so weak that they can't defend themselves without help. And we have a choice to make. We can either leave them behind, we can leave them beaten and bloody at the bottom of the mountain. Or we can step in and engage in their fight. What did the preacher say in Ecclesiastes? He said, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. So we don't leave people to fight Satan alone. No, we stand beside them. We stand beside them and we fight with them all the way to the top of the mountain. It's all for one, one for all. No one left behind. Let me tell you something else that's going on in this church right now. You need to know that there are sisters and brothers among us who are deeply mourning the loss of loved ones. For some, that loss was very recent. For others, that loss was longer ago, but it's no less profound to them now. And grief weighs heavily on them. It pulls them down. And we're human, right? I mean, we know that often after the initial flurry of cards and prayers and calls, it seems like everybody else moves on. They move on up the mountain. But those who are mourning just can't. 
because they feel all alone. And because they feel all alone, they are vulnerable and they're in danger of being left behind. They're faithful brothers and sisters. They believe Paul when he tells them that God is the father of compassion and that God is the God of all comfort. But they need God's people. They need their sisters and brothers walking compassionately with them all the way up the mountain. Because it's all for one, one for all, no one left behind. So let me tell you about one more thing that's going on in this church right now. You need to know that there are brothers and sisters among us who simply feel invisible. Even though they're inside this building, they really feel like they're on the outside of the building and just looking in. It's like being left at the bottom of the mountain while everybody else is just marching up to the top. And really all they need is to be noticed, to know that they're seen, to be included, to feel a part of what's going on, to be told and to be shown that they are an important part of this body. That's a point that Paul was making in our scripture reading from Philippians chapter 2. Listen to the first part of that again. Listen to what Paul says. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if you have any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, by having the same love, by being one in spirit and purpose. And he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others as better than yourselves. Which means that each of you will look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. You see, that's the great all for one, one for all, no one left behind passage in the Bible. Because here's what Paul is saying. He's speaking to us and he says, don't for a moment forget what Jesus has done for you. Jesus grabbed a big handful of your jacket and he pushed you to the top of the mountain. Even better, he's put you on his back. He's encouraged you. He's comforted you. He's given you fellowship. And he's done all of that with tenderness and compassion. And so Paul's saying, when you're standing on the top of that mountain... Don't you for a moment think that you got there on your own. It's Jesus who took you there. And when we truly see what Jesus has done for us, how can we not see what we need to do for each other? What we need to do for our struggling brothers and sisters, those who are burdened, those who are torn down, those who are overpowered, those who are mourning, or those who just feel like they're invisible. How can we not look out for their interest as well as our own? How can we not help them up the mountain? After all, it's all for one and one for all and no one left behind. So I have to ask, what holds us back? What keeps us from reaching down and grabbing the pack, grabbing our sister's burden and helping her up the hill? 
What keeps us from grabbing a big handful of our brother's jacket and pushing them up the mountain? What holds us back from encouraging and loving and supporting each other? Well, I think one thing that holds us back is that we often don't have a true body connection. A true body connection with the body of Christ here. I want you to try this sometime. I want you to go to the Lalouse Trail and I want you to hike to the top of the Lalouse Trail all the way to the very top. But I want you to do it while you leave your left leg behind. It's absurd, right? You can't leave your leg behind because it's connected, right? It's a part of you. And furthermore, even if you could leave it behind, you wouldn't leave it behind because you need it. You need it to make it to the top. You need it so your body will function like it should. That's what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right? He says in verse 12, he says, The body of Christ, the church, is a unit. And though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. In verse 18, he says, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Finally, in verse 25, he says, there should be no divisions in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, Every part rejoices with it. We are the body of Christ, connected with each other, dependent on each other, concerned for each other. All for one, one for all, no one left behind. So we need to develop a true and deep body connection with each other. Because when we aren't truly connected, we often have a lack of vision. We often don't really see each other and see each other's needs. What do you do when you hit your thumb with a hammer? What do you do when you stub a toe? What about when you have a toothache? When those things happen, there's no doubt that the parts of the body are connected, right? That's when you know that they're all interconnected. If one part suffers, the whole body suffers. And if you're a man, if one part suffers, the whole body whines. That's the way it works. And the same is true of the church. See, if one member among us is suffering, the whole body suffers. But unfortunately, the difference is we often don't know which part is suffering. Because we don't feel it like the thumb or the toe or the tooth. We don't see it and we don't feel it because we aren't connected enough to really see and feel each other. That's why we do things like have small groups. 
and Bible classes and mission trips and family encampments and couples retreats and ladies retreats and men's retreats and men's breakfast and wonderful Wednesday meals and senior luncheons and movies and on and on and on it goes. Those things are so important to the body. They're so important to the body because those are connection opportunities. They bring the body closer together and they make sure that every part is seen and heard and felt and known. They help us truly see each other. But unfortunately, sometimes even when we see each other, we don't act for each other. And I think that's the final thing that holds many of us back from loving and supporting and encouraging each other like we should. You see, I know that I don't, I assume that you don't always listen to the Spirit as it nudges you to do the right things for each other. I hear the Spirit nudging me to do things and often I turn a deaf ear. So let me encourage you this way. If you see that someone is struggling and your inner voice tells you that you should call them, guess what? You should call them. If it tells you that you should send a card, then you should send a card. If it tells you that you should seek them out, then you should seek them out. If it tells you that you have a way to lighten their load, then by all means you should lighten their load. Because it's all for one and one for all, so no one is left behind. No one left behind. So how do you find your one? How do you find the one among us who needs your love and support and encouragement? Well, it's really not that hard. Because first of all, you need to know that all of us have that need. Every one of us need love and support and encouragement. So if you give love, support, and encouragement, you can know that it will not be wasted on anybody. Because we all need it. But I do want to mention a few distinct groups among us that you can pay particular attention to. So we here at Netherwood Park are blessed to have a number of very mature brothers and sisters among us. And what you need to know is that advancing age also brings about advancing struggles. As a group, that's a group that can use your love, support, and encouragement. And also you can be particularly aware of individuals and families among us who are dealing with health struggles. And all you need to know is this, that those burdens can simply overwhelm. That's a group that can use your love and support and encouragement. And then also I would suggest that you pay particular attention to those among us who are all alone. Either all alone in life or are all alone here at church. That's a group that can use your love and support and encouragement. Make sure that they know that they are seen. Make sure that they know that they aren't alone. Make sure that they know that they're important to this body. On the other end of the spectrum, 
Don't forget those who are never alone. Those who never have a break. Those who are caring for little ones or who are caring for big ones 24-7. That's a group that can use your love and support and encouragement. Find ways to give them some alone time. Let me just suggest that you let your prayers be a guide. We're a praying church, right? If you open up your emails that you get from us, if you pay any attention to announcements, you hear prayer request after prayer request after prayer request. And I hope and I trust and I know that many of you pray faithfully for all those people. But let me also say this, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for God to intervene in the lives of your brothers and sisters who are struggling in so many different ways. But take it a next step further and figure out how God can use you as his intervention. Ask the question. Pray for God to show you. Show me how you can use me as your intervention in their lives. We should see and we should pray and then we should act. Because that's a group of people who need our love and support and encouragement. So let's lift burdens. Let's carry loads. Let's take big handfuls of jackets and help push our brothers and sisters to the top of the mountain. And know this, it doesn't have to be heroic. If we'll all pitch in, if we'll all do it, all it takes is some of your time. All it takes is some of your attention. And that time and attention can't be just here on Sunday mornings. We have to give time and attention and love and support and encouragement throughout the week. So let's love and support and encourage people in here, but let's also make sure we're doing it out there. Because if we don't encourage and support and love each other out there, the time may come when we don't see each other in here. And then people will be left behind. So let's all do our part. And as we do our part, we can trust that others will do the same. And we can know that we'll all climb the mountain together because it's all for one, one for all, with no one left behind. Let's pray. Father, give us eyes that see. Give us hearts that feel. Give us compassion that leads to action so that we'll love and support and encourage each other so no one is left behind. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Now let's stand and let's sing as one and for one.